What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. like to welcome you back to the tip of the tower podcast uh we gave richard the week off i mean we didn't give richard the week off he just more if he needed the week off big time does uh well big time does for school i mean i wouldn't say that's big time that's that more i think it's punishment for him excuses but uh it's all right uh i've got austin owens here with me uh we'll like to welcome you back uh the last time we recorded a Leafs podcast, uh, the Leafs were going to be playing the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Austin Matthews had not made his return to the lineup yet, but he did make his return to the lineup on Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, he did. And he did in a big way. I mean, more of, <laughs> more of in the third period, he made it, he was back in a big way, and I got to see that firsthand. Uh, we'll get to that later on. Uh what I wanted to bring up, the last two games gone a little concerning for me, uh, Austin. And the reason why yeah. it's concerning to me is not because they lost. I mean, losing is not – I mean, you're not going to win every game. <laughs> losing's not ideal. but Losing yeah. is not ideal. But they've only scored a combined two goals in regulation the last two games. That is not the Leafs' offense we are used to seeing. Um, and maybe it's good to know that they're tightening up defensively and, you know, that could be a part of the reason why the offense is not hitting on all centers. Maybe that focus on playing defense is taken away from the offense, but yeah, is this, is this something to be concerned about? I wouldn't be too concerned about it, honestly. Um, you know, I think looking at it, the last two games haven't been what the Leafs wanted, but. Um, we were talking about this before the recording. I mean, or before we started recording, that they had a whole heap of shots. It was over 40, right? Yeah, on the long It's not including one. Well, there was the overtime period where, I mean, they should have. That should I have mean, been a penalty on. Yeah. A good percentage of the time, I mean, you take 40 to 50 shots, you're going to win a lot of hockey games, especially with the chance the Leafs had. Um, I'm, I said on Twitter, Luongo was the story of that game i mean he's been playing well as of late and um i mean when you got a hot goalie you, know, you have a chance of winning any game and he he stole one for the panthers i think the leafs had a lot of really good chances uh, marner had two really good tips that longo just got a pad to and uh hyman also had a really good chance in front late in the game where he uh tried to stuff in a rebound and got buried for it and longo made a good pad save on the rebound so i mean the chances were there um, I think the Leafs, the bigger the bigger story for the Leafs is honestly, and I hate the phrase, starting on time, that's been used pretty much every game the Leafs have been in so far. Uh, they don't start well, and then they start to pick it up in the second and third. Uh, I thought they had a great third period, uh, and Florida was lucky to get it to overtime, quite frankly, because they, they looked like the Leafs in the first when they played in the third. They just weren't there. So, in the end, they got the two points, but the Leafs, uh, the Leafs did deserve that point after their effort in the third. I think. Yeah, I mean, considering how, I wouldn't, I mean, they didn't, they didn't play well against the Arizona Coyotes. Like the Coyotes deserved no. to win that game. Um, that that Florida game kind of bothers me for a couple of reasons. Is one, that Kadri play at the end of the game, you know, near the where he was cross checked so. twice incredibly stupid but but 
you know, you listen to what the other, you know, all the people saying on Twitter is they're putting it on Kadri. Like, you know, the, the onus was, should have been on Kadri to realize the situation and not retaliate. He, he got, he was very lucky on Saturday against Montreal that, you know, Weber and Jordy Ben decided to double team him after that, after he would try to go, you know, and he said he was seeing red and he tried to basically, he tried to retaliate. But this time, he tried to retaliate late in the game, and he got the penalty for it. And it was deserved. But yeah. I can understand why people are, you know, he was unhappy about being cross-checked from behind twice. But it's not your job to take it into your own hands to show your displeasure of it. Yeah. So, and, I mean, he got buried. Um, I would say the Ekblad one was way worse. Then was it Matheson hit him the second time? Ekblad caught him right in the middle of the ice. I mean, in the slot and just buried him from behind. But I mean, I don't. I understand, as you said, why Kadri is upset. But at the same time, you have to understand the situation you're in and how much time is on the clock. I mean, Kadri gave. I mean, you look at the situation. It's a power play going into overtime, which means you're already four on three. The refs aren't going to give a team away as well. Remind, just mind you that the Leafs aren't at home here. So they're not going to give the Leafs a five-on-three in overtime because you have to give them the two extra guys that they're – because you can't go uh, four-on-two or anything like that, obviously. So they're not going to do that. So regardless of what Kadri does, he would have had to be murdered in order to get, a, get another penalty there. And again, that was a hard hit couple hard cross checks but they're not going to give him the benefit especially because it's Kadri I mean it's probably a different story if it's Austin Matthews or Marner or JVR getting buried but Kadri's got that reputation where he's not getting the benefit of the doubt because he's he's been a diver and been sort of a controversial figure over his career so I, I mean I think that's where I was going to I was going to say is I was going to ask you do you think his reputation as He's been fined for diving before. Yep. So, you know, it's well documented that the league has the book. No, there's a book out on him. There's a book out on other guys. He's not the only one. Uh, P.K. Subban's another guy that's been vilified in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you build a reputation as a guy who not only has is trying to sell calls because that's his specialty, but also a guy that will not shy away from showing his displeasure if something is not called his way. Yeah. And uh, the refs weren't the only people that were angry at Kadri. Let's make that clear. He hit the uh, he hit the penalty box official in the face with a stick when he was throwing I, his little temper tantrum. I wonder if he gets fined for that. I, I don't think many are talking about it. I know it no, was an accident. I, but It's inadvertent. I mean, it's he goes to slash the front end of the door and the butt end of a stick comes up on an official. I mean, there's no way... I'm, if he meant to do it, I understand that's fine. Well, he, he he's I, never he well, he wouldn't mean to do it, but I mean, no. he's very lucky that official didn't get hurt because if he did, that's I think that's a fine. Oh yeah, that's a problem. Because he's got a he has someone has to go to him and tell him to cool it. Well, it, yeah, in, inadvertent or not, it's still not right. No, to hit no. the official. I mean, what you you got to rein it in. I mean, I understand it's it's. It's a game in November. You can't really get this worked up. I mean, the Leafs were on a penalty kill in overtime for uh, just under a minute. And that could have been the game right there. Yep. They had their chances, but I mean, the Lions. Or the Lions. Sorry, I'm watching the <laughs> football game. We have the football game. Now. There's <laughs> a football game on today. Happy and... Thanksgiving, by the way, to anybody listening in America, if anybody is listening. We do, we do, um, well, we do get people in the States that listen. So. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, so Kadri is, uh, I mean, it's just a bad situation, and he's lucky that they didn't score on him, so, yeah, on that penalty. Okay, because that probably would have been the story of the game was that if they, if Florida found a way to score, that would have been the, the story of the game. My, another thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that I looked at the Leafs games this season. One thing I was particularly, I was looking for was, how many penalty minutes are they taking a game? I don't actually know the exact average of yeah. penalties that are being called against them. 
But I they have not had a game where they have not taken a penalty. They've had a couple games where they've only taken one. There's been three times. Uh, yeah. Three times they have taken two penalties in a game, but never have they taken like zero penalties. And I think that's a I think that's not a huge issue because the penalty killing has been has done its job for the most part. But they've also yeah. worn down. I think they're going to start wearing down Zaitsev and uh, Hainsey on the back end. Yeah. Um, but I think they need to take an approach where they have to limit these penalties that they're taking because it's going to, it's going to get to a point where I know the new NHL rules with the penalties makes it harder, but they, there's been times where they've been guilty of, you know, either they're getting caught and they've had to take a hooking penalty. There's been yep. some interference calls. I mean, that one, I think the big uh, example that was against the coyotes, they took, Four minor penalties, and two of them ended up in the back of the net. I'm trying to remember. I'm remembering one penalty um, from last night, other than the Kadri one. And one more thing about Kadri. I mean, the Leafs don't get to overtime if he doesn't score, though. So what's... Yeah, that's another... That was going to bring that up, too, was... Uh, well, I'll bring it up later about Kadri. He scored the goal, and... He did score the goal. Let's give Kadri the benefit of the doubt. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you're the hero, sometimes you're the goat. I mean... Kadri wasn't the goat, obviously, so it wouldn't matter. You want to see a goat? Um, look at Victor Arvidsson last night. I was watching the Nashville game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw any of it, but Victor Arvidsson missed uh, an empty net in the zone. I caught, with I caught the end of that. And... Fifty seconds left in the game, and then Montreal came back and scored. I'm... Nashville ended up winning it in a shootout, but man, he looked absolutely mortified that he missed that. Like he even when he was going. Um, going to celebrate after the win he was just like he was beating himself up anyway um Zaitsev's hooking call last night against Bukestad looked like a nothing call I mean that's a very soft penalty call in my opinion but I mean they're sticking fractions are so ticky tack nowadays well they're hoping that if they call these enough it's gonna change the mentality of these players to not do those plays it's not they're I, they're just trying to take the literal sense of what's a hooking call, what's a slashing call, you know. I mean, tripping calls are you know, it's very easy to know what's a trip. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, does Zaitsev get a piece of Bukestad there? Yes, but is it enough? Infringing his ability to play the puck or do whatever he needs to do. That's that's to the ref's discretion. I mean, yes, yeah. it's. From one person to another, the definition of a hook is different. So I mean, it teaches on it's it's maybe if it's a different ref, it's a different call. But it's in hindsight, you can't really make that decision or say that's different. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's something again. The Leafs are gonna have to. I mean, this is also supposed to try to increase scoring in the league with more power play chances but you kind of hope that teams and you know teams will try to score more at even strength than trying to rely on the power play to score that's, yeah that that's my hope that's my issue with the whole trying to buckle down on these uh penalty calls because i'm not i'm not sold on it improving the quality of the game i think many no. people have many people have shared their displeasure of how it's made a, a little bit it's unwatchable at times and that's easy yeah I mean um you look at a couple of these and it's like we we got both of us got to go cover a preseason game for the Leafs and there was the face off violation rule was in full effect and the new slashing rules I think in that game Martin Marincin took two slashing calls um, that were pretty soft and Borgman I think had one as well so it's just we've seen it firsthand. the slashing calls can be a little problematic um, but I mean some of these some of these in the game last night like Vince Trocek against Zach Hyman that was pretty clear interference um, the Jamie McGinn holding call on Kadri I do remember vaguely and it was I mean, he held him up enough, but it's, again, to the ref's discretion whether or not you call it. 
And then, I mean, it's fun to watch the game when you have good power plays. Like, the Leafs, it's fun to watch them on the power play because they have so many skilled players. But yeah. the Leafs weren't firing last night on the power play. Their power play looked terrible the first couple. The first two the, power plays looked the, their power awful play aside has, from two chances. Their power play has really struggled the last... Oh, how many... I'm just trying to think of the last how many games because it was, it was on point to start the season. And then it's kind of the, see the problem with the power play now is Matthews and Nylander were running the show on the power play last year because they had that cross seam pass to Nylander for a one timer or to Matthews for the quick shot in the faceoff circles and they have such great shots that it didn't even matter. But now teams are clogging up the slot in order to cut that cross seam pass out. So now they need to go up to Jake Gardner. And Jake Gardner just fires random shots, random slap shots on net on the power play that hit a shin pad and get cleared. Um, and then the second, the thing that surprised me about that power play, the late power play they called against McGinn, I believe it was yesterday, was they put out the second unit to start. And the second unit is not good. It's, I mean, it's I don't know how to put it in a way that's it's, nice. Um their oh. entire power play runs through Mitch Marner, and the only play they really have is that half slapper that Marner has into the slot for Van Riemsdyk, who tips it in. There's no real other play for that penalty or for that power play. Yeah, I mean, other than yeah, JVR in the front of the net and Marner. Yeah, the power play is definitely it, it, it's it's weird because we talked about the power play struggles. Yet yeah, they are tenth in the league at twenty one point nine percent. So let's say twenty two percent. Oh yeah, I'm still. I'm sure they're still doing very well, but I mean, it's the second unit's extremely predictable. Yep. Well, I, I um, maybe that, but that's and Matthews a, and Nylander. I mean, they are not scoring at a clip they were last year on the extra man. So. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to score at the rate that let's say a team like Tampa Bay, like Tampa, Tampa Bay, leads the league at twenty-seven point two percent. Tampa Bay is just silly. Well, because I oh, I think. That's... I think I and I've watched Tampa play a bit more, and one thing they do really well is they they move the puck really fast and efficiently. Yep. I think the more move because I think that's one issue with the Leafs at times is they get they get caught trying to wait too long or they 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 don't keep the puck moving around. I mean, and yep. this is this is actually. Brings me to kind of where the I mean I'm gonna bring the Toronto Raptors into this for a second, but how they've kind of gone out of their have improved is moving the ball you know quicker and more efficiently. So I think that's where the Leafs could stand to be a bit better in trying to move the puck quicker. And you know what do Tampa that. Bay is really good at as well is they have two guys on either side of the ice that will one time the puck. Yep. Regardless of where the pass is, they'll just put it on net. The Leafs really don't have that. Um, Nylander does not one-time the puck. Matthews likes to bring it in and snap it. Marner doesn't even shoot the puck most of the time, and when he does, he usually scores, but it's very rarely. JVR stands in front of the net. Bozak is – I don't – does he take wrist shots? Uh, I don't even know what to I, call He it. whiffs on a lot of shots. I don't know if he takes wrist shots. Anyhow, um, I mean, yeah, good. I feel like not every power play obviously has that trigger man that could just let it go. There's a very finite amount of teams that actually do have that. But, I mean, a lot of guys on the Leafs are just corralling the puck, uh, holding it, and then shooting, which gives the goalie a lot of time to recover. So, I don't know, maybe... There's not really much you can do with those power play units. I think Marlowe, maybe Marlowe on the second unit could work a little bit better. I don't necessarily love Zach Hyman on the power play either, that second unit. Is it second? Oh, maybe he's on the first unit. I forget. I think the first unit is Matthews, Nylander, Brown, uh, Gardner, Brown, Gardner and, and Marlowe. Marlo. Second unit is Bozak, JVR, Kadri, Marner, Marner Riley. Riley. Okay, so Hyman's not even out there. Sorry. Hyman's not used. Well, it depends. Sometimes they go for a different look, and Hyman will go out there to be the guy in front. Yeah. Know, but also, Connor, Connor Brown, I don't know if I love him on the power play. I think it's... Like, I love I love Connor Brown. I love Connor Brown. I think it's the forechecking 
Uh, yeah, it's the puck retrieval. It's the puck sure. retrieval, but yeah. On the power play, you don't really you you need puck retrieval guys, but you don't. You what don't I'm, need it for what they is, for what I think his purpose is. Yeah, they don't need him. Maybe you give Soshnikov a chance in that game. I mean, he's got a ton of speed and he's he got a, a hell of a shot. He has a hell. I was just gonna mention that maybe a guy like Soshnikov. I mean, Levo has been he used was on the power play last night. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that will give you. You know, he's got that that speed. He needs to get some chances on that. Like, I think I don't know if yeah. it's just the guys he's playing with and he's not getting those offensive opportunities, but. Man, if like, if you put him and Kasperi Kapanen on a line together, oh my god, they will skate circles around you. The whoever's our sentiment won't be able to keep up. <laughs> put Patrick Marlowe out there; he's faster than both of them. That is true. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Kapanen. I think they're. I think I'm okay with what they're doing because they don't really have a spot for him. That makes sense. No. I mean, you're not moving Levo. We've no, we've we really know that after they signed that contract, and yeah, sure. they're and you know Sashnikov is in the lineup. Uh, so that yeah, which was surprising to me. I don't know. That was more surprising. Is that fair to say that Sashnikov made it into the lineup than um, Levo? No, not even Levo, but like all of all the roster moves that the or the lineup changes. Well, they had to because of the whole his contract and whether you know. Yeah. He has a chance to move. If he on. doesn't play, I think I think they said that on the broadcast. If he doesn't, if he just sits in the press box, he can still opt out. So he needs to play. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just, I don't. I feel like Mike Pabcock isn't huge on Sashnikov. I mean, uh, he's not. I don't know. I he's proved he's not big on anybody. He doesn't want in that lineup. I think he's grown to trust him a bit more now that he's seen him. Yeah. One, like when I yeah, obviously these guys that can play in all situations and Sashnikov can definitely kill penalties. Yeah. yeah. Like that's where I like Sashnikov is he can kill penalties. He's got the speed element, and I yeah I think once he gets more confidence to take those chances offensively and gets the puck, that's yeah. where he be, like. I, we saw when he made his debut was it two years ago, where I think his yep. first goal was an absolute rocket of a shot. Like he has, yeah, a he's shot. had a couple really nice wrist shot goals. So, I mean, um, yeah, the second unit actually played more last night than the first unit on the power play, not by much, but like well, good there, forty seconds more. Well, somebody mentioned it. I don't, I can't remember who it was on Twitter last night. They, you know, to not have Matthews. Nylander and those guys out, I think it was late in the game on the power play. You kind of question that's, that? That's what bothered me is you score that game-tying goal, you have a real chance to take over the game. I mean, it's not like Matthews and Nylander were out there for that shift. Mm-hmm. The the penalty was drawn on. It was Bozak that drew the trip. Yeah. So they're rested, or at least they weren't. They hadn't just come off a full shift. Why not go to them? Maybe it's because Kadri had just scored the goal and you ride the hot hand. I I don't really know. Yeah, and then yeah, it's it's Babcock is a guy that is I'm not gonna say he's stubborn, but he he will not he will let people know that it's him make calling the shots and nothing is gonna. He did so the other day. <laughs> he did do that. Yeah. Um, but he did after he made those comments. I mean, he did switch his lines. He gave everybody Marner and. That Nylander. so that's where, gonna, that's where I was. That's where I was going to go next. Uh, and I swerved everyone by not having Matt Martin on that line. Well, okay, so probably this a six nothing game if Matt Martin plays on the first line. Let's be honest. This is what I was going to bring up. So yeah, Matt Martin is playing the left flank. I'll call that with <laughs> Matthews and Marner. I think part of the reason why is because he really wanted that Marlowe, Hyman, Brown trio to go up against the Barkov line if Kadri's line wasn't going up against him because gosh does Barkov play a lot of minutes for Florida like he plays close to 23 and a half 24 minutes a night that's for four that's a lot yeah I it's just I I don't know man (laughs) the so I was looking at the line uh, 
because you know Martin did miss some time in the game yesterday, and it looks like the lineup is going to change again because you had Levo out. Is it Carolina tomorrow or is it Carolina? Carolina, so Carolina on Friday, and then Washington on Saturday. It's a rough turnaround. Is it? It's in Toronto. The Washington game. The Washington game is in Toronto. Okay, that's a little better. It's not too bad, but. they, I hope they're looking. No, they need to get some revenge on Carolina after that. You know, that last. Uh, is it really revenge when one team doesn't show up? I mean, that is that is true. That I, that loss is completely on the Leafs. They didn't show up. They had a. Uh no, the shorthanded fight. The shorthanded. Uh, two on one was the Devils, but regardless, they laid an egg against Carolina. So. Yes, I mean, they need to come out and prove themselves. They need to come out and prove in general that they can show up against teams that they obviously are underestimating. Yeah. Because now you've lost New Jersey, you've lost Arizona, you've lost to Carolina. I mean, they're not team. They're all teams that are supposed to be those are lottery teams those, or at very least just missing the playoffs. But those are teams that, on paper, the Leafs are more talented than and should be gaining those points against. If, if As comes, they say, the paper does not play the game. So, you know, But, again, like last season, these points become valuable if you're in, again, the last week of the season and you need to make the playoffs and like they were last year and they needed those that last weekend to make it in. You, you the, This team has to learn how to capitalize on those. I don't know if it's they take those teams too lightly or the way that those teams play against the Leafs is different. They call it... Like they keep calling them trap games, and I've heard this like six times this season. It's not a trap game anymore. They just know how to play the Leafs, which is clog up the neutral zone, make it hard for them to get their speed going, and you're gonna give the Leafs a really hard time. The Leafs have gotten into a really bad habit the last maybe two weeks of, uh, and I think it was maybe the Vegas game that they pointed this out that. Um, the Leafs just started throwing stretch passes up the middle of the ice, and teams were just clogging the neutral zone, like you said. Frederick Anderson can... was guilty of doing that last night, where he absolutely just threw one up the middle, like a Hail yeah. Mary pass. I, he so... had a really nice pass, though. Um, I forget, it might have been to Bozak. Like, right out of his crease, just threw one up the middle and yep. got Bozak on the... Yeah, that's the one I was referring to. Like that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, th- I, I kind of... I want to call it more lazy... To do that because yes, only I, I've only known one player in the league right now that can absolutely rocket those passes perfectly, and that's Eric Carlson. Yeah, none of the defensemen on the Leafs are Eric Carlson. They cannot do those stretch passes. It's I think it's lazy, and I think it needs to stop. Frankly, because how many times have they turned over, or is the forward not in the right position to receive the pass? The whole point of trying, and I can't remember who it, who it was that mentioned this, but the best way to defeat the trap, they were saying yes, are sometimes it is the long pass, but it's also maybe just shortening up your game and using your speed to try to create some mismatches, especially on the outside. So the best way to beat the trap is to short passes and just find a seam. I mean, if they're clogging up the neutral zone, maybe the best option is to dump it in, and get some bodies. But yeah, I mean, you can't you can't keep going back to these stretch passes from like the faceoff circles to the red line, no, and expecting your like teams are not stupid; they're going to pick up on that very quickly. And I mean, it's not it's not the main root of why the Leafs have lost a couple games, but teams. Like the Coyotes, they did it. They just were able to. They played a very boring game, and that's what you got to do against the Leafs. You've got to play defensive and just counter their mistakes. Yep. Because their defense, um, I mean, maybe you catch Jake Gardner on one of those games where he's trying to be a hero, and uh, Ron Hainsey's not the best at clearing the zone. Um, Nikita Zaitsev has some bad games, so you never know with them. If you're able to just sit back and defend your own zone, maybe maybe you get lucky, and that's what's happened the last couple games. I mean, um, 
the goal the goal in the Florida game is just awful. That's Florida did not deserve that goal. Nope. Went it's off. just one. I said it on I said it on social media last night. That's the kind of goal that's going to break the score when two goalies are playing so well. It's Anderson and Luongo were. Yep. But then credit the Leafs. I mean Connor Brown was again. You, oh, fantastic. You you put Connor, Connor Brown's been one of the least best forwards this season. He's I great. would say best. I would say most consistent. One of them, not not the best. Yeah, I would say he's been the most consistent Leaf this year. Yeah, he, he brings it every game, which he is. Does. And at two and a half million dollars, I would wish I could clone a bunch of Connor Browns at that at this point because, you know, he doesn't always score. It's not that's not his role. His role is to make plays, uh, just make guys around him better. And it's hard to find a guy like that to do it as consistently as he's done it. Uh, maybe guys in the Marley should take note of how they can possibly get into Babcock's good grades. Because you want to talk about a guy that I think has earned Babcock's praise the most. I think Brown yeah. is one because, you know, the guy's been commented so much on being on, has been talked about so much about being on the fourth line, yet Babcock will go to bed to him and say, yeah, he's on the fourth line, but he knows he doesn't. He shouldn't be there. And yet he still works hard, and he still does it because he knows he knows that his his role is just to make the team better, not worry about where he plays in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. He knows his role, which is good. He doesn't try and go out and do too much. He's, I mean, I I said I don't love him on the power play, but he's not hurting the Leafs on the power play. No. But I think, yeah, I think your point was just they need to get guys who are... When your power play is stifled, I mean, yeah. you need to just put as much skill as possible out there. Exactly. And, I mean, Sashnikov is probably a better offensive option than Connor Brown. He has more of the offensive tools you would need on the power yeah, play. Yeah, he's more offensive-minded as Connor Brown's more of a two-way forward. Yeah. But he's definitely not... He's not hindering their ability to score. He's just... He doesn't really touch the puck on the power play much. He's no. the guy that gets the puck back for them so their playmakers can do stuff exactly now so. <laughs> yeah I mean the last I think the last four games have been kind of telling of the improvements the Leafs have made defensively I think a large part of it is you know the way that Riley and Hainsey have continued to be consistent yeah, they have been so good together yeah it's um I think uh the main the main thing I'm trying to remember who brought this up because I was listening to, to Sportsnet 590 the other day. And they mentioned that uh, – oh, it was Luke Fox. Luke Fox said that um, the main difference is that now Hainsey's playing the offside as a lefty. So he's playing on the right side of the ice. And that's allowed Riley to go back to the left side as a lefty, which he's more comfortable playing. Yeah. Um, I hadn't noticed it, honestly, because I uh, – <laughs> Well, it was hard hard to pay attention to Riley when he was playing with. I mean, obviously Riley played his his uh, his right side last year because he was with Zaitsev a lot. Yeah, so I was gonna say that that was might gonna be my counter to that argument is that he played with Connor Carrick and Nikita Zaitsev, who are both right-handed shots. Yeah, I think it's just Hainsey is more. He's a stable s- presence. He's, that's he's that's more, what I believe, but that's, that was an stable. argument brought up. He's a smarter defensive player. Uh, Zaitsev is good too, um, but Zaitsev is—I call him a glorified babysitter because he has to be that defensive presence yeah. with Gardner. But yeah, this is where you—you kind of wonder. I mean, where exactly? I think where exactly can the Leafs improve defensively? The only place I can see it is that third pairing with uh, Borgman and Carrick. I'm not sold on it. There's been times where yeah. they've been guilty of... Again, Carrick has taken some penalties that when you just go like, ugh. Borgman's done it too. Um, if they can find Borgman a more solid partner or better option there, that would that would be helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, you, you look at... With this Leafs team, I guess the best thing you can do is just be patient. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Andreas Borgman is, I guess he's the, 
I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because usually what you're seeing with the Leafs is sort of you're matching offensive presence with defensive presence, but Nikita Zaitsev sort of a two-way defenseman, so it doesn't really stand that way. But, I mean, Connor Carrick, he's an undersized defenseman. He does what he can, and obviously he's out there and he agitates people, but um, maybe, I don't know if you find a guy like Hainsey, but I feel like a, a better veteran presence would really help Borgman in this situation. I think so, too. Because Connor Carrick is not a veteran presence. And the same, sort of the same way, but less to the degree, he's sort of still finding his way in the NHL because obviously he's bounced around yeah. between press box, AHL, NHL for his entire career. Like this... Just being with Washington and also being with the rebuilding Toronto squad for the last couple of years. I mean... Um... This is really his first full, I, I would say, season where he's no like undisputedly a th- on the third pairing like no one he, he is an on. NHL defenseman this season there's no going La- down last season it was i think 3 quarters of the way and then he kind of lost that that spot at the end there was but, it Marinchin that took his spot uh yeah so there was Yikes. uh i'm just trying to think Polak was there Hunwick was there then you had Gardner and so Riley Marinchin yeah that, basically for the back stretch yeah, that was pretty much how how it laid out. I think because uh, I um, Marinchin did play in the last couple of games because I remember him being in the Pittsburgh. Yeah, so, game. So this is where I where you kind of maybe you just have to be patient with a guy like Connor Carrick and a guy like Andreas Borg. I know they may not be your, they may not be the best fit. I wouldn't say fit, but they're not people want more for them but how much more are you going to want from a 21 year old and I think Herrick is 24 25 how much more do you want from those guys like they're they're still learning and they're learning together as younger defensemen which I don't think is what Babcock wants I think he's yeah. kind of had to shield and you know be careful of their matchups but it's it's a lot better I'll say it's a lot better than what other teams are going through right now I mean, oh yeah, the Leafs definitely are not the worst defensive team in the league. No, I, 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 I think mean, I could search through teams and find terrible defensive course. Um, I also wanted to bring up. I know we talked about the whole Leafs and the whole how their issues with the penalties. Surprisingly, they're only you know fifteenth in the league, fourteenth in the league in penalty kill percentage, and they, yeah. That is interesting. And when you look at, and I looked at how many penalty minutes a game they take, they're ranked twenty second, which I find very surprising. Maybe, maybe it's just because when they take those penalties, they only have like five players that kill those penalties, and that's where I think it's like you're wearing them down. But you look at a team like Nashville takes fifteen penalty minutes a game on average. Pittsburgh twelve, Anaheim twelve. Edmonton twelve, Washington is at eleven. Like, yep. I guess I guess it's safe to say maybe I overblew it the whole penalty with the whole penalty situation. But again, I I just think that the Leafs are could be in a worse situation than they were at the beginning of the season, where people yeah. were like, "This team does not defend." And I think a part of it is that this team has improved because un no. Frederick Anderson has been lights out this month. Mm-hmm. Minus the, I'm just trying to think of a game where in November where he wasn't really at his best. Uh, if I go back, I mean, you look at the whole, you know, LA, you know, LA that was uh, obviously that was Curtis McElhinney, but I say the St. Louis game could have been better. Um, but other than that, I mean, it started, really it started in Anaheim, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, the St. Louis game, he could have been better. Vegas, he was he was good enough to get them to win, the win. Minnesota, again, he got them the win. Then against the Boston Bruins, he was pretty good. And then the Devils was, I think, his one of his better games of the season. Because yeah, he and Schneider had a great one-on-one matchup there. Yeah, this is where I'm. I'm kind of getting more impressed with Anderson because he's going up against guys like, you know, Schneider, um, 
you know, now Luongo. And he's... Even, even Luongo, it's like most people don't give Luongo enough credit. Because no, they he... don't is getting up there in age. Like, Luongo's still a very, very good goalie in the NHL. He's, you know, and I think the record is a little bit deceiving because Florida is not as good of a team this year. Um, I think they're, yeah, they're going through, I mean, they're getting a new coach. Their yeah. offense isn't really there. And defensively, they've, no, they've lost some guys. They lost some guys on both ends. Like, they lost... Marshall and they lost uh, Riley Smith in the uh, in the expansion, and then you lose. I'm trying to think on defense. You got rid of Jason Demers, who, you know, he's not a dynamic player, but he was I, he was supposed to be a good part of their their decor. And I think Ekblad. You know, they're lucky that you know Ekblad is still producing at a good. I you know at a at a high level. I mean, he's a he's a type of defenseman yep. that any team would want and just not get, I mean, I long has been dealing with some injuries, but he's I think he's still on par with being top 10 goalie in the league. If I mean, there's a lot of good goalies in the league, but you put him on a team that can score When he's a on more, his game, yeah. I think you put him with a team that can score a little bit more and I think he's I mean, I know he's 38, and people are like, you know, he's getting old, and he's, but he's not washed up. He, the Leafs could not solve him for the good part of the game. Like he, no, he looked great. He he knew the Leafs' book was, you know, try to stop their chances in tight. He kind of was a little bit further back in his net because the Leafs really like to get those chances in close, yeah. and he, you know, he got guilty of it a couple of times where they. Hit a couple of posts, crossbars, but I mean he he's he's working with a team that with the Panthers that I mean their first couple lines look good and then there's really a lot of question marks. Yeah, their forward lines are okay. Um, I don't know how the Leafs didn't expose the lack of depth on Florida like they did against Montreal. I mean they sort of they spread their lines out nicely. Yep. Jared McCann's an underrated player. I mean, he's not oh, he's not the greatest player ever, but he on the third line of the Panthers, he's definitely good. Jamie McGinn mm-hmm. uh, plays a really good role in that team, I think. But, I mean, their defensive depth, I don't know. Keith Yandel and Aaron Eckblad are their first pairing. Yeah. And then after that, their second pairing is Matheson and Mark Pissick. Which is not a, I mean, it's not a sexy pairing, but it's serviceable. It works. Yeah, it's what they want. Matheson, Matheson's a good defenseman, I would say. Yeah, he was, he's represented Canada at the World Championships. He's not a bum. Nope. Um, but then their third pair is Mackenzie Weger and Ian Makoshin. Who? Yeah. Could you tell me anything about either of those two? I know Makoshin has been in the AHL for a really long time. Yeah, and their AHL team is not exactly top not in the great. league. Not ideal. So, so he was playing. I mean, he's playing with a team that their first couple lines are great. Let's be honest here. Trocheck's amazing, all star. Barkov is a superstar. Huberto is a very, very good player when he's healthy. Then you have uh, Henrik Hapala. Excuse me if I butchered his name there. Hapala, uh, who led the led uh, SM Liga in scoring in Finland last year. So, I mean, he's definitely good at hockey. And Evgeny Dadanov, who has been on, looking to come over from the KHL for a while. So they're not a bad team in their top six. It's just depth-wise, they're not great. No. Um, yeah. I think what the Leafs have been trying to do is use their forward depth and try to expose matchups. It worked against Montreal. It didn't really work against Arizona, although... There's still debate about the no goal call with Matthews, and again with Florida. I think my my issue is how much does Marlowe really like playing? I know he's gonna do whatever the team wants him to do because a he's getting paid a lot of money, and you know if Babcock tells you he needs you to do something, you're gonna do it. But how much longer yeah. is he gonna want to play center? I don't really want him playing center at all. I know he can do it, but 
I don't either. I mean, it's just a matter of wear and tear on him, and he's been very good this he, this far. He's taking he's taking some physical, not I'd say abuse, but he's because he's playing center and pl- teams are trying to wear him down more because he's been asked to play more of those defensive matchups. I, I, I this is why I think well, the we talked about it last podcast. I mean, center is such a physically demanding. Yeah, position probably other than goalie is probably one of the most physically demanding on the ice. Definitely a step up from winger because playing as a winger, you don't have as much defensive responsibility. No, and obviously the the talent on center. If you're Patrick Marlowe, you're going up against. I don't know who he matched up with last night. It, yeah, I don't but, remember who he matched up with, but I mean, as I said, the Florida Panthers, they're not the best team depth wise but their center depth is pretty good i mean you're playing against one of either barkov trocek or jared mccann last night that's and that's not i mean it's not like if you look at the penguins or if you look at no team it's not the scariest in the league but it's it's a hard they're gonna make you work they're gonna make you work that's definitely true um so what's the solution i mean i'm it's it's surprising that Dominic Moore has been scratched again. I'm not saying I'm the biggest Dominic Moore fan, but it just it just means that you've got a problem down the middle again. You thought you you thought you had the I I thought they had the depth when they were you know constantly flip flopping between Moore and Eric Fair to start the season. You're just like wow, this yeah. team is deep down the middle. I mean deep in the sense that they have four lines you can roll and be comfortable with your centers. Now they can't rely on Dominic Moore for some reason and <laughs> they can't re- I mean Tyler Bozak hasn't been terrible but again he's not being trusted with matchups because Babcock I don't think trusts those defensive matchups so what's again what's the solution I don't know You, I think that's the area where you if a team is looking to sell off a player, you can try to trade for a centerman, but yep. they, they come at a high cost. I think the issue, and it's not the greatest thing in the world for the Leafs, but Tyler Bozak has not been great this year. Um, the biggest thing for him has been the face-off violations. Yep. That has really been a problem, and I mentioned the preseason game we went to. The scrum after that game, he said he thought he he had been kicked out of more draws than he actually took, which has been the norm this season. He's been kicked out of a lot of draws um, because, as Leafs uh, broadcasters have so fondly mentioned in the past, that he is so good at cheating on draws. Yeah, you don't and you have to be known. good at cheating if you're a center in the league and you want to have a high efficiency at faceoffs, but no, he just good. hasn't he hasn't gotten to it yet, and the defensive play hasn't been there either. So I mean, he and Van Riemsdyk have been ripped all season for not being great defensively. So maybe that's where you look to shore up his spot, and then he becomes the fourth line center. Maybe I don't know what you really do at this point because there's no there's no help coming from from the AHL that'll replace I... maybe Gautier, but. Gauthier would, I think, replace more because yeah, I don't see Gauthier sure. being able to play the third line. I like him up here, honestly. I think it's time for Freddie to get a shot. Or him. You know who has impressed me, and he had a really nice goal last night, was uh, was Altonen. I, yeah, I wasn't sold on Altonen to be the center, the fourth-line center. People really, you know, not thrilled that he was sent down. But, hey, yeah. if he continues to play like he has with the Marlies, his number could he's be. He's had a tough time producing, but I mean, he's been playing well. He has. I think. I think it's helped that the Marlies are again deep. They're playing well. They got good goaltending. Their defense has been playing well. So maybe it's just a sense of you let those guys do what they got to do. Play, keep playing with that confidence, and I, I, I still think maybe it's you. Look, it's they're looking for a third line center. They're not looking for a first or second line center. Maybe. That third line center isn't as tough to find. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just something needs to change in terms of the down the middle because I don't think Marlow can continue to do it and be effective. I've you know I've noticed like when he's playing center, 
unless guys like Hyman and Brown can continue to take the physical, you know, take the physical element away from him, so he doesn't have to be the guy going down low to retrieve. Yep. Maybe that works out, but you gotta wonder. Maybe I know he has never. I don't know if he's ever played center in his life, but a guy like Hyman would be more ideal because of his defensive awareness. A guy like I, I, this is where I think you you want to if you want to be a player on the Leafs if you want to make the if you're a prospect right now and want to make it onto the Leafs maybe you got to learn how to play center because you're not <laughs> making it as a winger. You're not making it as a winger at this point. No, and that's that's where I think you know maybe they have to try some guys at center in the Marlies, like they did with Nylander at one point. Where, I mean, they've kind of cool down that whole will Nylander play center I don't think that's gonna happen no unless I don't it's think that's in the cards ever but yeah that's where I think that that's the area where I think the Leafs need to work, focus on is the center I think their defense has been able to hold up well as long as Frederick Anderson has been playing well I think the center is a place where I think you have to seriously consider something because again you like I like Marlowe, but he's he's a winger. He he's more effective as a winger, and I think you're putting too much on him to play center. And and, and Babcock does not want him playing center. You can tell with it's just an area of need, honestly. And now now that Matthews is back, I mean, you can you can put Marlowe back on the wing. Yeah, I think you gotta you gotta let. Mar, uh, Matthews, Bozak, and Cadre just work it out. Yep, and you gotta, and I think a guy like uh, you know some guys that are struggling to produce offensively, like like Nylander has, and like uh, trying to Nylander's. I, I think that guy's that overtime goal gave him some confidence back, but I think he's still got to work on it. Yeah, for sure. Those guys are not producing at what you expect them to be producing. I mean, Komarov, I. He's a guy that he's making it really hard to get that contract back next season. Like to come back for the Leafs next season because he's he's no. he hasn't been as noticeable in the areas you want him to be noticeable. He is not a guy I would like to lose because I really like Leo, but there are better options for cheaper prices. So let's let's call it for what it is. Yeah, I mean, I hate to end the podcast on this note, but I think it's. A good thing we can talk about if it continues to be an issue or something that needs to be addressed. But I want to thank you guys for uh, listening to the uh, Tip of the Tower podcast. If you're listening uh, down in the States, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this should be up. I'm going to have this up later today, so you'll get that message. Um, again, you're always welcome to join the conversation and comment and talk you know, chat with us on Twitter and Facebook. We like uh, when people leave comments once in a while. Well, love reading comments. Yeah, love. you know, I don't mind reading comments. You know, they always say the number <laughs> one thing as a journalist is you shouldn't be reading comments. But once in a while, I don't mind just seeing what people have to say because they're the ones who are your try. That it's your audience. You wanna um, unless they're me and then I cry. Yeah. Uh, so please make sure you're checking us out on uh, Tip of the Towers Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at Tip of the Tower. Remember to subscribe to our, our podcast on Blog Talk Radio. And you can follow Austin ah, underscore Austin Owens. And you can follow myself uh, D underscore Morsuti, two S's, two T's. I mean, you're going to find it if you go on our Tip of the Tower Twitter page, anyways. Thank you guys and uh, enjoy the next couple of Leaf games. They should be fun. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.